I'm Andre Bella for Esoterica, a short feature about amazing happenings. This is part three of The Traveling Necklace, a story about Esperanza, a necklace I named and bought in Buenos Aires for my friend Ed, who planned to give the necklace to his daughter once he was released from prison. After narrowly escaping thieves in a marketplace off the Plaza de Mayo, it wasn't hard to understand why Esperanza was determined to escape Argentina. The necklace was safe, or so I thought. I just had to get her home and keep her until Ed was released from prison. But when I got home and opened my suitcase, the necklace was gone. I had only taken a carry-on bag, so it didn't take long to search through it and come to the conclusion that the necklace must have been stolen by a customs person at the airport. Luckily, I still had the jeweler's business card. I tried to contact him in Buenos Aires, hoping that he might be able to send me a replacement, but I never heard back from him. Just when I'd found the perfect necklace, had I escaped the thieves in Buenos Aires only to become victim of another thief in New York? Because I felt it was my fault, I told Ed I'd pay for the necklace. In Argentina, I bought Ed a leather wallet. As I picked it up a few months after my return, I noticed it was a little bit heavy, and to my delight discovered that I had stashed my precious Esperanza in the leather wallet for safekeeping. I took her with me on my next visit to Ed, knowing that the correctional officer would probably deny my request to bring her into the visitor's area. But, to my surprise, after I gave him a brief history of the necklace, he allowed me to take it inside and right past the drug-sniffing dogs who barely raised an eyebrow because, of course, it didn't smell like pizza. By now, I was getting quite attached to this necklace, and I hoped Pat would appreciate her as much as I did. Soon, Pat would be able to impress all her friends with this lovely work of art because Ed was getting close to his release day. But Ed's release day was a nightmare. After picking him up, going to breakfast, and taking him to buy a phone, we stopped at a gas station where he bought a bottle of Jack Daniels and hid it in his jacket. Later, reflecting back on that night, I realized that while we were eating dinner, his frequent trips to the restroom provided the perfect opportunity to get friendly with the Jack Daniels. After a long day, I had been looking forward to getting back to my house and a good night's sleep. I headed for my bedroom at the far end of the house. About an hour later, I heard Ed talking loudly on the phone. When I investigated, I realized he was drunk and high on drugs. He was so agitated that he couldn't sleep the entire night, and neither could I. I have four roommates, and I prayed that none of them would notice what was happening. I also prayed Dear God, I have gotten myself into a very bad situation. Please just get me out of this and I will never be so stupid again. I wonder how many millions of people have prayed that same prayer. By six o'clock the next morning, I had Ed out of my house and in my car. I feared for Esperanza's future as I carefully tucked her into the big paper bag holding all of Ed's earthly belongings. Having explained to him that because of his drinking, he couldn't stay any longer at my house, I agreed to take him to his daughter's place in Augusta. 
He was still high, so I'm not sure he understood anything of what I was saying. When he insisted that we stop at a bank in Augusta so that he could cash his latest paycheck, I warned him that the bank teller would probably notice that he was high and call the police. As I waited in the car, I expected to see a police cruiser drive in the bank parking lot. But God had apparently heard my prayers. Ed got the cash, I delivered him to his daughter's house, and breathed a sigh of relief as I headed home. Please join me next week for part four of The Traveling Necklace. For Esoterica, I'm Andre Bella. Thanks for listening.